What's up, you guys? Welcome to episode 71 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. So today, I'm going to be going over some of the college basketball stuff that just finished. March Madness is officially over. We've now entered April, fortunately and unfortunately. Um, But the championship games were insane. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over each section of the bracket. So for those of you who don't know, there are four sections in each bracket. So for the women's side, it was considered the let me get my paper rule right here okay so on the woman's side it was considered the greens oh wow just dropped my piece of paper it was considered the greensboro wichita spokane and bridgeport so again that's four different sections of all that all combine into one bracket and then on the men's side it was the east west and then south and midwest so basically what i'm going to be doing is I'll be going over like uh, who I think the surprising teams and disappointing teams were in each of the sections of the bracket, who won each part of the bracket, and then I might go over a few games if there were any good ones. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off on the women's side, and I'll make my way to the end, which then I'll move on to the men's side, and then I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit more at the end. So, let's go ahead and get started. So, on the Greensboro bracket, South Carolina ended up winning this section. So, they started from the first round and ended up into the Final Four with this. So, surprising teams in this bracket, I believe, in my opinion, were Creighton. Creighton was the number 10 seed. They made it to where they faced South Carolina. Um... And I just have to say that's that's very impressive as the number 10 seed. And they did end up losing by 30 to South Carolina. But they beat Colorado um, as the number 7 seed. Then, excuse me, they went on to beat Iowa as the number 2 seed. Crazy. Then they went on to beat Iowa State as the number 3 seed. Which then they went on to face South Carolina, which they lost. So, they were the underdog in every single game. So, they pulled off an upset. In my opinion, that's the number one surprising team. The team that did well. Nobody was really expecting them to do well. They were in the middle, number 10. So, personally, I thought they did great. Then, I would say that the number... um, Excuse me. That the number the that North Carolina did really well. They were the number five seed. I personally wasn't expecting them to do a whole lot, but they did end up getting uh pretty far. So they did beat SFA seventy nine to sixty six in the first round. Then they went on to face Arizona, which they they just absolutely killed them. And again, they were technically the underdog because Arizona was the number four seed, and. They won that game 63-45. to It wasn't even close. So then they went on to face South Carolina, which they did hold their own. They only lost by eight, which uh, there wasn't many teams that didn't lose to South Carolina by double digits. So North Carolina definitely held their own in that game. Personally, I felt like they did an impressive job. So I only had two for surprising teams because I didn't feel like anybody else really surprised me. If I had to choose one more, I would I would choose Iowa State. Then again, they were the number three seed. They did ups, uh, they did beat Georgia, which was the number six seed, but they did end up losing to Creighton. So 
that uh that's that for disappointing teams number one iowa they lost in the second round and uh, it was clearly to creighton it was a two-point game uh i know everybody anytime they think of iowa they think of caitlin clark and she did lead them all the way there but then again i they just disappointed i did not think personally that they were gonna get very far in in march madness if that makes sense um but I did think that they would at least get to, like, closer, further than the second round. I thought that they would at least get to, like, the Sweet 16. Um, so, in my opinion, that's the num- number one disappointing team on the Greensboro bracket. Then, number two, I'll take Arizona. They, uh, same as Iowa, they lost in the second round to North Carolina. I did think that North Carolina was going to win that game. Um, but I did not think that they were going to win by, like, 18 points. I thought it would at least be a closer game, but, you know, Arizona kind of slipped. Um, I did end up watching that game. It, their offense was just super stagnant, and North Carolina's defense was aggressive. And you could uh, you could tell that North Carolina did want it more in that game. So with that being said, uh, I believe that Arizona as the number four seed was the second um most disappointing team and again I only had two for disappointing teams as well there wasn't too many upsets in this bracket besides Creighton basically upsetting everybody (laughs) Um, so that's that and then again uh, to tell you guys again South Carolina did win in the Greensboro bracket so in that case because they won and won their side they move on to the final four which is what I will get to at the end all right, so now I'm going to get into the Spokane bracket. And I have to tell you guys, I did get a little confused because uh, I wrote all this out on paper because I feel like when I write it down, I know it better instead of just printing it out, you know? And so that one, the first, that was uh, my first page that I did, and it was really sloppy. And I was about to redo it, but I decided not to because I wanted to publish this podcast sooner rather than later. So just to let you guys know, I will be able to speak a little bit better with the upcoming papers because it's more organized and I knew what I was uh, wanting to do (laughs) just to let you guys know. All right. So now we are moving on to the Spokane bracket in which Stanford won their side. So again, they will move on to the final four. So my surprising teams, then the first one I will say was Ohio state. I almost said Iowa, Ohio state. The, they were the number six seed. Okay, so they beat Missouri State, the number 11 seed, in the first round. And then they moved on to the second round. And Ohio State upset number three, LSU. They beat them by 15. And then they they went on to play Texas, the number two seed. And they did lose by three. But they did keep it fairly close with Texas. It was a three-point game. I did not get to watch that game, so I didn't see if there was, like, a chance for them to you know, hit a game winning, hit a game tying shot or something like that. But I do think that Ohio State in upsetting number three, LSU, LSU has some dogs, that's for sure. And watching them play, they are super scrappy. So with Ohio State to go ahead and upset them, they just play some, Ohio State just plays some really good uh, fundamental basketball. All right, the number two uh, was FGCU. 
the reason I say so is because they were the number 12 seed and they upset number 5, Virginia Tech. I actually called this in my first, uh, I believe I said it in my first podcast uh, going into March Madness, that they were going to beat Virginia Tech and it happened. Um, and because of which I just, I just had to say it in there. So, that was a surprising team. They did go on to lose to Maryland by 24, but they upset the... There wasn't many um, upsets on in the Spokane bracket. There really wasn't. Ohio State was basically the biggest one, uh, and so FGCU was the second one. All right, so surprising team. This There wasn't many upsets here, but I have to say it. Number three was Texas. They were the number two seed, and personally, I didn't think that they were going to get that far, uh, but they won in the first round by 18. They won in the second round by 22. They won in the Sweet 16 by three, so then they went on to the championship of the Spokane bracket, which was the Elite Eight, and they lost to Stanford by nine, in which they did hold their own, uh, similar to, um, who was it? Oh, yeah, similar to uh, North Carolina holding their own against South Carolina, Texas held their own against Stanford by only losing by nine. So I was surprised that Texas did get this far. Yes, I know that they were the number two seed, but I did not think that they would get that far, like I said already. <laughs> and so that was that. So going on to disappointing teams, I was disappointed to see LSU lose. I did not think that they were going to lose to Ohio State. Um, but that was the number one most disappointing team. Then number two is Maryland. The reason I say so is because I had them getting all the way to like the Final Four champion and the championship. So I was disappointed when they lost to Stanford by four. They lost by six to Stanford. Uh, they did keep it close, but I did think that they were gonna beat Stanford. Um, but they did not. So I would say that that was disappointing, at least on my side. All right, there's not much to talk about on the Spokane bracket. There was um, most of the games were blowouts. I know Maryland got to 102 points against Delaware, 102 to 71 in the first one in the first round, and then um, Utah beat Arkansas, Arkansas, 92 to 69, which was the second highest scoring game in this bracket. All right, not many upsets there. So, with that being said, let's move on to, I think, one of the best bracket, best, oh my gosh, I keep messing this up, best part of the bracket to talk about on the woman's side, which is the Wichita bracket. So, Louisville did win this side of the bracket, so they will move on to the final four. Uh, they did move on to the final four, I should say. Um, and I'm just going to get straight to it because there's so much to talk about. So, surprising team, number one was Belmont. So, Belmont was the number 12 seed. And who did they face? Let me see. So, they beat Oregon, the number five seed, in the first round by three. Okay, so I did not think that they were going to beat Oregon, personally. Okay, um, but they did. And, you know, that was I was not expecting that to happened so then they moved on to the second round and they only lost to Tennessee by three 
and Tennessee was the number four seed. I personally thought that they were going to win that game. There was this girl at the free throw line that had two free throws in. You could tell the games that I watched because there's a lot of more details. So I did watch this Tennessee-Belmont game, and one of the, the star player for Belmont had two free throws to take the lead, but she missed them both, in which Tennessee then went down the court and hit a three uh, in the final seconds of the game. So... With that being said, Belmont did go out in the second round, but I was shocked to see that they beat Oregon, and then they kept it very, very close with Tennessee. So in that case, uh, personally, I believe that they were the number one surprising team. Then, number two, I'm going to go with South Dakota. So South Dakota was the number 10 seed, and they beat... um, Ole Miss, the number seven seed, so that was an upset in the first round. They won 75-61, to 61, so then they go ahead, as you guys know, the routine. Move on to the second round in which they faced Baylor, which was the number two seed, and they beat them 61-47. to 47. They clearly wanted it more. I was not expecting that at all. I was, for me, I was expecting more from Nalissa Smith for Baylor. And so, with that being said... Then uh, they moved on to play Michigan in the Sweet 16, right? Yeah, four. Yes, in the Sweet 16 against Michigan, and they only lost by three. They kept it super close. Michigan came up clutch in the end. Um, With that being said, that was Nas Hillman that came in clutch at the end. And so they made it all the way to the Sweet 16 as the number 12 seed. Personally, they were were very impressive um, in beating Baylor, and... And that's just what I got to say. But South Dakota, in my opinion, was the second most surprising team. Okay, my third most surprising team was Michigan. They were the number three seed. They uh, they beat Villanova, which was the uh, 11 seed. They then went on to beat South Dakota, which was a tough team to beat, what I just mentioned. They then went into the Elite Eight, and they lost to Michigan by 12 in the championship for the Wichita side. Uh, they played really hard, and I was surprised that they made it that far. I did not think that they would. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, yeah, I was just surprised that they got that far. Moving on to the disappointing teams. Uh, personally, I think Baylor was number one. They did beat Hawaii by 40 in the first round, but then they lost 61-47 to South Dakota. Um, I was expecting more for them from them, for sure. Um, and I was expecting to be Baylor, Michigan in that elite, in the Sweet 16 matchup. God dang. Um, and so they were the number one most disappointing team. Then number two most disappointing team, I will go with Oregon. I personally felt like they were going to beat Belmont. Um, and they actually had a play at the end. I watched the very end of this game and they had a chance at the end to like, uh, at least tie it up to go to overtime but then they went to their biggest, and which I didn't understand this. This was coming out of a timeout. And they went to their biggest big to shoot a three, in which she's not a very high percentage. And it was contested with the hand in her face. And it was a deep three. And it wasn't even close. And they had, like, uh, Sydney Parrish, Tahina Powpow. They had them on the sides, in which they should have gotten it to one of them because those are at least better three-point shooters than their big. So personally, I didn't understand their final play. And I do think if they would have made a better decision, I do think that they would have gone to overtime and Oregon would have pulled it off. Um, 
And so I think that Belmont just executed in the end, and I believe that Oregon was just a disappointing team uh, to go out in the first round as the number five seed. All right. Then the number three, I will go with BYU. So BYU was the number six seed, and they faced Villanova as the number 11 seed, and Villanova won 61 to 57. I personally did not watch this game, but I felt like... uh, I felt like BYU should have beat Villanova being the number six seed. Um, they fought so hard to get there into the March Madness bracket. Um, I personally thought that they were going to go on to face Michigan in the second round, in which they would have lost there. Uh, definitely was not expecting them to lose in the first round. Uh, so in my opinion, that was that was disappointing for sure. I think one of the best games that was uh played in the Wichita in the Wichita region, I guess I would say. Yeah, that's the word I've been looking for this entire time was region. I can finally do that now. Okay, region was the Tennessee Belmont game. It was just so back and forth. Points after points were scored. Obviously, it was high scoring and Tennessee pulled it off in the end 70 to 67 and both teams fought extremely hard. Um, so in my opinion, that was the best game played in the Wichita region. Now I can say it correctly. Um, all right. So going on to the last region, which was Bridgeport, UConn won this region in a very close game with NC State. They won 91 to 87 and this game went to triple overtime, which was the first time in elite eight or later. Right? Two, wait, two, four. <laughs> My bad, guys. Yeah, Elite Eight or later that there has been a triple overtime in the in history. So I thought that was a pretty cool stat when I saw that. Uh, but UConn ended up coming in clutch. Paige Weckers went off in this game. She had, I believe, like 20 points in just the three overtimes. She went crazy. She led uh, UConn to beating NC State in triple overtime. Uh, NC State hit some clutch threes to send it to overtime, double overtime. Um, And they just, UConn just continued to execute. And so going on to that, UConn did win that. So they went on to the final four. And personally, I feel like this was such an interesting region because there was like upsets close games, things that like you weren't expecting, stuff like that. So, the number one surprising team, in my opinion, I just got really close to the microphone right there, so I forgot loud, guys. Um, and so, the number one surprising team, in my opinion, was Notre Dame. So, Notre Dame beat, Notre Dame, hang on, first off, Notre Dame was the number five seed, but they were very impressive, more impressive than I was expecting. They won in the first round against Massachusetts, which Massachusetts was the number 12 seed. They won by 11. Then they then went on to play Oklahoma as the number four seed, in which uh, Notre Dame was the underdog. And most of you guys won't believe this when I would say it, but Notre Dame won that game 108 to 64. Nobody was expecting that at all, but Notre Dame played one heck out of a game. Like, they could not miss from the three ball. They just came out like guns blazing. It was crazy. And I believe Oklahoma was like shocked on what was happening. I know I was shocked on what was happening. Like, nobody was expecting that. So, 
They then went on to the Sweet 16, and they held their own against NC State, but they did end up losing by three. I know that this was one of the best games in the entire March Madness for the women's side. Uh, that Notre Dame had the ball. I believe there was around like 20 seconds to go. They were running a play, and one of the Mabry sisters had the ball, and Reina Perez for NC State came out of nowhere and stole the ball, got a layup. So with that, um, NC State was up by one when Notre Dame was running their play, and it was out of a timeout as well. And uh, Reina Perez uh, came in clutch, got a steal, and finished the layup. So that's what won them the game. Um, that was definitely one of the best games for sure. All right, so going on to the next surprising team, because I spoke a lot of Notre Dame, was number two, Princeton. So Princeton was the number 11 seed, and I predicted this as well because I know one of the players on there really well, Caitlin Chen. She's awesome, amazing player, and amazing person. Uh, they upset Kentucky, which was the number six seed. 69 to 62 wasn't even close. Well, I mean, it was close. I don't know what I was saying there. But um, Ryan Howard wasn't very impressive in that game. I was expecting a lot more from her. Uh, yes, I did know she scored somewhere in the 20s, but um, I was still expecting more from her from like the rebounding assist side. I, get, I, I think I was expecting a little bit more leadership from her as well. Um, but Princeton was executing. They run some insane sets. I couldn't even, like, understand half of them. Uh, like, I couldn't comprehend completely. Um, so then they went on to play against Indiana, the number three seed, in which this was another war. Uh, and I believe, okay, the Bridgeport region had the best second round games out of like anybody, and that includes the men's side as well, because they had Notre Dame and Oklahoma, and then right now you've got Princeton and Indiana, which Indiana ended up winning by one, and Princeton had a chance for three to uh, win the game, and they missed it, unfortunately. Um, and so, but Princeton was a surprising team to keep it that close with Indiana. Uh, I do not think it would be that close. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, and so Princeton was the number two surprising team, in my opinion. Then number three, I just have to say it, UConn was a surprising team. They battled through so much adversity, but they ended up pulling it off in the end. They played against Mercer. Mercer, I believe is how you say it. In the first round where they won 83-38. Then they played, and this is the last second round game, uh, the, they played against UCF, which they only won 52-47. to 47. And that was such a crazy game because I wasn't expecting UCF to do much. But they played some really tough defense against UConn's bigs. And they rebounded really well, which is something that UConn struggled with throughout the entire tournament was rebounding. And UCF just hit some really big threes more towards the end as well. UConn did execute, and they've definitely fought through some adversity right there. Then they faced Indiana, and they won 75-58. That wasn't as close of a game, but they still had to fight to win it. And then the most uh, insane game of the entire tournament, I believe, was UConn-NC State, triple overtime, 91-87. I couldn't believe that UConn did pull that off. By the way, NC State was the number one seed, uh, just to let you guys know, and UConn was number two, so there was an upset right there. 
And, you know, UConn just fought through so much adversity. I know I keep saying that. Uh, but I was really surprised on how well they executed. All right, moving on to the disappointing teams. Number one, in my opinion, was Oklahoma. So first off, in the first round, they barely they were the number four seed, and they barely beat the number 13 seed, IUPUI. And they won 78-72, to 72, so they only won by six. Then they went on, and as you guys know, they lost to Notre Dame 108-64. to 64. Personally, I was expecting better execution from them. Um, I did not think that they shot the ball well in either game. Obviously, they did get uh, 78 and 64 points, which is still a lot. Uh, they are a high-scoring team in general. But I was expecting more from them. I was expecting them to go on to the Sweet 16 to face NC State there. Okay, number two dis- most disappointing teams um, was, in my opinion, was Kentucky. Uh, they were the number six seed. A lot, of pe- a lot of people were expecting more from Ryan Howard. I did know that Princeton was going to beat Kentucky, but it was still an upset, and it's still disappointing to see Kentucky lose in the first round. All right, then number three most disappointing team, in my opinion, this is kind of going to be a kind of a shocker to you guys, but was Indiana as the number three seed. They beat Charlotte by 34 in the first round, but then they only beat Princeton by one in the second round, which that was a close game. And then they lost uh, 75-58 in the Sweet 16 to UConn. Um, I believe that should have been a closer game, and I do think Indiana could have hit some more shots there. All right, that wraps, wraps whoa, rats. <laughs> that wraps up the Bridgeport region, which UConn won it. So now we go on to the Final Four and the championship. All right, so here we had in the Final Four, we had South Carolina against Louisville and Stanford against UConn. So just to let you guys know, if you didn't check out Olivia, Liv, and I's video, on Stanford versus UConn. Make sure you go check it out. It's on both of our Instagram pages. It turned out really well, I, really good. I was rooting for Stanford. Liv was rooting for UConn. And as you can see, I was uh, pretend, reenacting to be Haley Jones and Liv was reenacting to be Paige Bueckers. Um, it turned out to be a really uh, awesome video slash skit. So make sure you guys check that out if you didn't already. It's on our Instagram. So going back to the Final Four and Championship, I'll start with the South Carolina-Louisville game. South Carolina won 72-59, to um, and, you know, I was expecting a little bit more from Louisville, but I know that Louisville star Emily Engsler, who's entering the WNBA draft, um, she was, she did foul out in the fourth quarter. I believe it was around six or seven minutes to go in the game, um, so then they were heavily depending on Haley Van Lith, which South Carolina played some insane defense because they held Haley Van Lith to a low um, or a season low of nine points. Um, and so you know, having Emily Engsler out of the game and then Haley Van Lith holding holding her to nine points um, was an absolute big key for South Carolina winning that game and winning it by thirteen. So South Carolina went on to the championship. Then you had Stanford and UConn on the other side. This was a back-and-forth game the entire time. But UConn pulled it off, and they won 63-58 to over Stanford, unfortunately. Gosh dang it, I had to do some ball push-ups with that. Um, but South Carolina, UConn ended up being the championship game. 
and South Carolina pulled it off 64 to 49. So they won by 15 points against UConn. And fun fact here, nobody, uh, wait, how was I going to say this? So the only team that lost by a sing by a single digits to South Carolina was North Carolina by eight, um, and then everybody else lost by double digits to South Car- South Carolina. That just shows how insane insane they are. I know Destiny Henderson came up big in that championship game. I believe she had twenty six points, and Aaliyah Boston, of course, finished with the double double National Player of the Year. Absolutely insane. South Carolina, I knew that they were going to win it from the beginning. It was pretty hard to say that they weren't. Then again, I said that with Gonzaga on the men's side. But, you know, I was uh, I was surprised to see South Carolina won by double digits against UConn. But Paige Weckers did do a lot there. You know, they were missing um, Doris Dorka, I believe is her name. Uh, or Dorka, Doris, uh, she fractured her wrist pretty bad in, um, I believe it was against Stanford. And so, with that being said, UConn fought through so much adversity, made it to the championship game, and I was pretty surprised by that. But South Carolina came up as the champions. All right, so we got through the women's side, and we are currently 30 minutes in. So that's what I'm going to end with. And then my next podcast is going to be a combination of, no, not a combination. My next podcast, which I'm actually going to record right after this and publish a little bit later, is going to be the men's side. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that because there was some upsets there. And most of you already know one of the biggest upsets was St. Peter's, the biggest name of the entire tournament. All right, so... I really appreciate everybody listening in to today's podcast. Um, my bad for not doing it. I know I haven't done a ton lately, but I'm going to keep doing them. I'm going to now publish a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure you guys do stay tuned for that because that is going to be happening. Uh, three podcasts a week, which will be awesome. And if there's something crazy that happens or something additional, because I love speaking to you guys, Uh, Make sure uh, you stay tuned because I might publish some extra ones, some special ones. Um, And what was I going to say? Dang it, I lost my train of thought. Um, I'm posting a really cool video at 12 o'clock PST, my time, um, on my Instagram page. And it's going to be a really good video. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, I also know that the WNBA draft is coming up and I... I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys because I made some creative, some really creative and awesome stuff as it relates to the WNBA draft. So please make sure you check that out um, when I do publish the WNBA pod, draft podcast. You check out the Instagram post to that as well because um, I created those little slides all on my own. Um, and I'm already working on the, that next podcast. All right, you guys. Um, let's see. Comment, make sure you guys share this podcast with your friends. I know I work hard to publish these for you guys and come up with a lot of information as well. And so make sure you share with your friends, give it a listen. Um, And for those of you who have been listening since the beginning, I really appreciate it. I know I've continued to grow, started having more guests on here as well. And I want to shout out um, 
uh, Ryan French, who was on one of my previous podcasts, as well as Daniel Hudson. And I can't say the next name that's coming on, but it's going to be one of the uh, an awesome podcast. So make sure you guys really stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up soon as well. All right, you guys. Well, I really appreciate everybody listening in for the last time. And I will see you guys all in the next podcast. And with that being said, that wraps up episode 71 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.